story and the DEI story yes. hits so hard because we've all been in the back of a plane when the turbulence hits or when you're flying through a storm and you're like, I'm so glad I saw the guy with the right stuff and the square jaw get into the cockpit before we took off. And I feel better now. Thank you. No, I mean, about like, that. you want to go thought crime? Like, I'm sorry. If I see a black pilot, I'm going to be like, boy, I hope he's qualified. Well, well, that's the you wouldn't have done that. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have done that before. That's not an immediate. No, you wouldn't have done that before. That's not who I am. That's no. not what I believe. It is the reality the left has but created. I, I, well, that was fucking racist. I mean, there's just no way around it. I mean, holy crap. Uh, that was Charlie Kirk and his weird incel friends, Jack Posobiec and others, being really racist about black pilots. Uh, and, and this is who they are. Um, I love that our former guest, Michael Harriet had this to say on Twitter. We'll put that screenshot up for you right now. 99.999% of planes land safely. He's fine. But if Charlie wasn't a racist dirtbag formed from the volcanic ash of white mediocrity, he'd know that whites make up 94% of all airline pilots, but are responsible for 98.2% of human error human air aviation accidents. I will not be taking questions. You got to love Michael Harriet. If you haven't seen that show, go back and see it. You know, as I reeled from that clip, um, I caught this on Tuesday night after the New Hampshire primary. And it's a lot cringe considering Charlie Kirk is a voice of the Republican Party that you can find a million pictures of him and Donald Trump palling around. And then you go to the victory party after Trump wins the New Hampshire primary. Check this out. Which is hard. I mean, did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? <laughs> and think of it, appointed, and you're the senator of her state, and she endorsed me. You must really hate her. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a shame. It's I, a shame. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. I just love you. No, that's, <laughs> that's why he's a great politician. That's why he's a great politician. So this is a great evening. Oh, boy. That was uncomfortable to watch. Um, the guy that Tim, he just loves Trump. Uh, he actually turned the governor that appointed him for this opportunity to stand behind Donald Trump and smile and get on a microphone and tell him he loves him. You know, last week we watched Trump wish for an economic crash this year. And then this week in New Hampshire came this newest classic from the guy that Tim just loves. Check this out. They're coming into our country, and a lot of terrorists are coming in. This is really bad. I heard somebody yesterday say 100% happened to be Sean Hannity. Did you ever hear of Sean Hannity? He said 100% certain that there'll be some horrible acts, terror acts. And that's the answer. It's 100%. It's 100%. The people coming into our country, it's 100% certain. And we have to have fair elections. Thank you for that. The northern border is a huge deal here. We talk right all the time about equal pass. Yeah. 100% chance of a terrorist strike this year, according to Sean Hannity. That's who Trump is getting his national security statistics from, Sean Hannity. And as I saw that, well, I just had to have the perfect cast to talk about that. I mean, you can't have anybody better to talk about Fox News than an expert in Fox News. So, whew, you guys, it's going to be a hell of a show. So let's get on with it. Oh man, 
and welcome, 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 welcome back to On to Moxie, the FP Wellman. I am Fred Wellman, your host. I still was five minutes ago with the music, but here we are now. Man, woo, what another fascinating week. By the way, fascinating week again. Fun fact, if you remember how I started the show last week, I was saying how much I love all you viewers and supporters because uh, we broke like 500,000 views and that was an incredible number. It's our most ever. You turned around and we hit 727,000 views this week. So I don't know what you're doing. If it's the same people like clicking over and over, I'm fine with that, but thank you. <laughs> but uh, what an incredible... It's so humbling. I was just telling our guests that's coming up how weird it is to have people watching now. I can't cuss as much, although I do. <laughs> but I'm so thrilled to have you here. It's been another fascinating week in the nation. New Hampshire's behind us. Uh, Trump swore he was going to get 95% of the vote. He didn't. Uh, but, you know, it's a victory. Ron DeSantis, of course, dropped out this week after one of the most incompetent political campaigns in American presidential history. Uh, of course, he seems unaware of that. Uh, and Biden, is, uh, won the <laughs> Biden won the New Hampshire primary without even being on the ballot, technically. So it's been an interesting, interesting week. But with Trump as all but the official nominee once again, as I mentioned before the music, I thought I'd bring in the perfect time to kind of turn our attention to the media arm of the Republican Party, Fox News. And and you can see it already how they're 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 lining up their support where there was some wavering for a while there. So luckily I found a St. Louis connection. <laughs> we've got we've got Julia Chesky joining us, who is from St. Louis. You can believe that or not. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Juliet. <laughs> oh, thanks for having. Yeah, I haven't lived there for a long time, but I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. The I Louis love Church. it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Midwest girl in New York. Juliet, of course, is a journalist producer of the Decoding Fox News newsletter and podcast. Graduate of the Craig J. Newmark School of Journalism, as she's wearing in her T-shirt, at the Central University of New York, a place I love. Been studying the right-wing media environment for many years, which we're going to talk about in a little while. But I kind of want to go where we started the show before we came in there. We had that clip of Donald Trump basically crediting Sean Hannity for saying there's going to be a 100% chance of a terrorist attack in the next year. Of course, this is after he uh, he thought the, you know, the, the economy would collapse or anything else. It's just interesting to me that, you know, he's citing Sean Henney as a source for these kind of things. I mean, should Henney be listed as a uh, presidential advisor at this point? I mean, <laughs> you've talked about before this weird relation between Hannity and Trump. I mean, I, I couldn't think of a better example to bring the show in than that. Tell me more about that. Well, from what I've read and from what I've seen, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's a very unhealthy relationship. Sean Hannity <laughs> acts as if he's some type of advisor right. to the pres former president. And of course he's not, and nobody voted for him. And um, Hannity also has, apparently um, there was some friction there as well because yeah. it's a lot of pressure to have somebody like Donald J. Trump call you up all the time and yeah. pester you and annoy you. But Hannity can't help. He loves the you know amount of tension he gets from it and he loves the sense of power. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming, I, don't, I can't read his mind, but that's yeah. what I'm basing it on so yeah. there it's very unhealthy and during january 6th of course as we know it was revealed in the january 6th committee hearings yep. that hannity was trying to contact trump telling him to you know call off the rioters so hannity was like what are you doing what are you doing as well as ingram and some other fox news um hosts but hannity was there i mean they they, they cited his text messages and emails like in the evidence for the January 6th committee. I mean, yeah. that's how nuts this is. That's right. how un it's not media. It's an arm of the 
Trump campaign. And it's going to be even more so, right? He's locked up. Yes. The, he's locked up the nomination now. So they're all going to yes. line up, right? And you're, are, are you seeing that already in the last week? Because there was some wavering. I think I think I've seen you speak before that, you know, they did they did dance with, uh, uh, I think uh, Laura Ingram had DeSantis on a few times and they yeah. kind of did the dance. But what are you seeing as far as that, that, uh, that path at this point? I think they're completely all in. Okay. They were definitely wavering. Um, there's definitely been a lot of back and forth with Trump, uh, Steve Ducey, especially. Yeah. I'd be surprised by him. He's been very much like, I don't know. Um, he, I always say Steve Ducey goes rogue. I have a category in my podcast about that because he does it so often where he just goes, oh, I think he's kind of crazy. And then his co-hosts are like, oh, you know, yeah, you can see the, you can see the look on their face. You yeah. Know? Brian Kilmeade's like ready to stab him and and, and me just like, do, do, do. But, um, cause Kilmeade, uh, Ducey's made a number of statements like that, but yeah, I mean, Ingram used to have DeSantis on quite a bit and she'd just rave about, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so amazing. And they, they were trying because I think they kind of knew there's a lot of problems with Trump, but now they're 100% all in. It's just straight up worshiping and just, he's amazing. And they say he can't win the general, but he can. We know he can. And I'm just like, uh. Yeah. And 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 Kaylee McEnany got herself in trouble last night. It seemed like yeah. she was a little bit honest on the on the panel. She said that, hey, you know, these numbers aren't actually that great. Um, you know, she was pretty honest about that. And she got swacked for it, didn't she? <laughs> Yeah, and it's interesting because she wasn't the only one. Brett Hume made a comment. He yeah. goes, "If this, if you treat him like an incumbent, these numbers are bad." He said it at the very beginning, but I guess because he's Brett Hume, it was at the very, very beginning of the Iowa, yeah. like not Iowa, the New Hampshire yeah. election <clears throat> night special. They have like a two-hour. It goes started at 10 p.m. and right at the very beginning, Brett Hume made a comment like that, and. I guess because he's an old white man, nobody cares. But ah. Kaylee McEnany says it, <laughs> and she go. used to work for Trump. Right. Then suddenly it's a, you know, she says something similar, and suddenly that's a huge, huge problem. I think also because she used to work for Trump, there's yeah. like a weird bitterness with him, with her too, and because she's a woman and a younger woman. Yeah. But yeah, Brett Hume is at it. He said it straight out. I was shocked. I was like, wow, because Brett Hume. He's made a number of statements like he doesn't really have a filter anymore. He's in that stage of his life. <laughs> you know, quickly, That's true. You're not we'll wrong. Be there. We'll some would argue. Some would argue. I already am, Julian. <laughs> you know Present company care. accepted. <laughs> he just says stuff, and I'm like, what the? He, he was. He made a couple quips during Iowa too that were like, ouch. And like because he's just like this old man. Nobody cares. I'm yeah. like, okay. Yeah, but, but yeah, Trump's think, not threatened by old men. Trump is threatened no, by women. You know, I mean, no, he can't. Yeah, he 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 would say. To, I mean, he said to a number of women, like, "You only have your job because of what you look like," and he's made comments like that before. So I'm sure he feels that way about Kaylee because she's a pretty blonde woman. And but Kaylee's had a, a few moments uh, that I was shocked where she said the truth. She was talking about abortion uh, during the off year election. Mm-hmm. And she was very candid about like, this is this is going to be a problem, you know, and and her co-hosts were like, well, we can just bend we can just bend the rules and say that, you know, 15 weeks is OK. And she's like a true believer yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, anti-choice. So she was like, oh, no, we, we need to care about women and stuff. And it was like kind of shocking. Yeah. There was another time Kaylee McEnany was uh was shockingly um, honest was the cocaine when they found cocaine oh, yeah. in the White House. She was one of them that kept saying, you know, there's no way the press could have done it. There's no way they there's no cameras over there. Um, and I would I saved that clip and I kept playing it over and over again as other Fox hosts who hadn't worked at the White House, who didn't right. know the White House, kept making all these grand claims about what ended up being this 
tiny. Yeah. It was like that ridiculous big. thing. Yeah. yeah. Of cocaine. And they were like, oh my God. And Kaylee McEnany was like, yeah, they would have found it immediately. It was in a part where there's no cameras. And yeah. Kaylee McEnany spoke the truth. And I was like, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Some integrity. Yeah, she tries to play journalist and all, but she gets – I mean, this morning, though, she was right back. I mean, they had a guy, a guest on – I didn't catch his name because they're all just generic to me. I'm not going to lie to you. But he was saying how Trump is old too, that Trump is aging. Trump is showing the signs and she rolled in hot to defend him. I mean, she must have gotten the message, right? It was was kind of funny because I saw people in my Twitter feed going, oh, does she know he beat her last night? He was – I was like, yeah, she does know. That's why she's trying to – Oh, she knows. She's trying to get back in the good graces. He's come at her before too. He's made – he's made – nasty comments about her before yeah he doesn't he he's like really it's ironic because he's really big on um loyalty but he's not loyal to anybody himself he'll throw anybody under the bus as we've seen yeah and he will that's the irony with that man well and it's always of course he always hires the best people but he attacks those same people because yeah they're all incompetent idiots when he decides they're no longer useful to him that's it i want to circle back that first clip i ran which really wasn't fox news but it does go to the whole thematic and that was charlie clerk's conversation on his show uh, of of the DEI, that whole idea oh. that a black pilot. So, you know, it's that's definitely become we're we're seeing that as a thematic. And and there's a larger issue for me that it seems like they had these I call them hate toxic hate topic waves at Fox, in my opinion. And you study it, so that's why I ask. You know, they had these hate and they had a they had a whole wave of LGBTQ, mm-hmm. transgender hate, you know, and then Christopher Rufo changed his mind. He's on DEI now, and mm-hmm. they're on that bandwagon of racism. And you've been you've been watching for a couple of years now. Is there a narrative are they following these narrative arcs? Are they are they riding the wave, surfing the wave, or creating the wave? I mean, I, I guess I think it's a little of everything. Okay. I think they pick up on what's on far right media, like this fringe right media, like mm-hmm. the Breitbart, the, mm-hmm. the you know, kind of crazy like Reddit type channels, they'll find people just complaining about stuff. Yeah. Kind of the extremes, they go there and then that also influences them. And then they also, Fox itself influences that like sphere of media. It's this kind of loop. Yeah. And um, it was CRT, which right. is, you know, critical race theory, which is nonsense. <laughs> they, they acted like kindergartners were learning critical race theory when it's really a collegiate. It's like an academic situation that you would learn in like, you know, your sophomore year of, of right. undergrad. Right. <laughs> but they were acting like it was something that they were forcing down six-year-olds brains when it wasn't. Yep. So CRT kind of got old and they got bored with it because I think it was really no way to prove it. Like, what are you talking about? And then DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm-hmm. sort of became the new thing. They tried to make ESG a thing. Yep. I remember when that happened. That was like last year. Yep. And that's about investing. Right. And it's like environment, governments, and um, can't remember the exact ESG. Sustainability. Yeah. yeah. Sustainability and governance. And mm-hmm. it was sort of like, are these you know companies doing right by humanity sort of Um mm-hmm. And I think that just completely bored their audience. So they dropped that very quickly. That was, I remember mm-hmm. when they tried to push it, like even the hosts were like, yes, what is this? ESG, <laughs> ESG is bad. You know, and you're like, you're like talking to these. It's too esoteric. Rural, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. People don't invest I in ain't putting my money care. in them ESGs. <laughs> yeah. So DEI became the thing. And I've seen this building because for months, for months, they kept saying, well, you know, with these diversity hires, one of these days. Yeah, you know, they're going to hire a pilot. He's not going to know how to fly. And I'm like, do you have any idea where they get pilots from? Like, they don't yeah. just go, hey, you. Yeah. Like, and so that was, and they tried to say that the Alaska Airlines um, accident, yeah. which actually was not a pilot error at all. It had no. to do with the actual building. Somebody had made a mistake either in the design or in the manufacturing of a plane. Yep. 
and uh, it was Boeing, which Boeing has a terrible track record. They, you know, there's, All I think they're on 12 years with 12 problems, something like that. Yeah. So they have a problem almost every year with something. So Boeing, bad track record, and it was a mechanical problem. And they immediately jumped to, this must be DEI. And I had fun with that in one of my newsletters and then I brought back the Pinto because I'm like, remember, <laughs> remember when that. white men ruled the universe in the 1970s? Well, guess what? <laughs> They used to make cars they knew were going to blow up and they didn't care because they figured they'd save more money paying people off after the cars blew up than fixing the problem. This is not new. This has been going on forever. You can't tie that accident to DEI. The funniest clip I had was of um, Ingram literally going like, you could pay for DEI with your life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, like and i remember she literally said it like that she goes with your life and then i'm watching it on my end going come on very I mean, dramatic how do you do her, this i don't know how you do I know, this julie i don't know I mean, how you she's know. like disney i call her the disney villainess who has no glamour because it's kind of who she is with her constant tweaking of her face like every few weeks she comes back and i'm like she looks younger again how is she doing that and then she's like Everything just looks perfect and her lips are a little bit fuller and a little bit crooked. And then she's like, hello, I'm Laura Ingram. And I'm like, wow, you are significantly older than me, but you can't tell because anyway, but she's, she's got like the- I'm letting, the, you, I'm letting you carry this conversation part because if I say anything as a white male- I can get away with You can do it stuff, I can't get away with sister. Well, it's kind of like, it's, it's a, as a woman, I can get away with it. Exactly. I don't care. A woman can get as much plastic surgery as they want. I don't care. <laughs> right. Power to your sister. They, it's just when, um, like last week, this one was very, very funny. Um, they were talking about Madonna for some, somebody oh suing Madonna over a concert. Yes, because she was late. And Yeah, she was late. Mm-hmm. It happens. And everybody at the table on the five was like, oh, she's old and she's had too much plastic surgery, which I'm like, that has nothing to do with the lawsuit. And then it came to Judge Janine of all people. And she said, she should old, she should age gracefully. And I'm like. <laughs> You are 72 years old. You look like you're 50. Come on. You've had everything. I don't care. Have more plastic surgery. I don't care. Don't criticize somebody else for doing it. You know, like, I haven't done anything because I couldn't afford it. But, you yeah. know, like, you I don't have to budget. It. No, I, I I don't know if I would anyway. But it's just, I, these Italian I don't jeans. care. I don't care. It's just Judge Janine Pirro with a head of, you know, dark yeah. brown hair. And, you know, no lines of the skin that's like completely taut. (laughs) Criticizing another woman for having plastic surgery was a bit much. I was like, lady... Well, this Lady. this brings me to my next question, which is the one: How the hell do you do this? I mean, you how on earth did you find yourself watching Fox News for a living? I, I, well, I know there's a story I, it there. A weird, it is a weird job. I <laughs> started right, yes. off years ago before I was a journalist. I was just sort of um, had like three different jobs, but yeah, I, I, my world, I had a weird. <laughs> I was like a weird artist in New York, and I sort of stumbled on the Proud Boys before anybody knew who they were. Besides. Yeah. The fringe, the kind of the press that was dedicated to extremism. Yeah. So there's people like HuffPo and Salon and um, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center who knew who the problems were. But that was about it. Yeah. And nobody was taking it seriously. And I started capturing their episodes because it was like, this group is dangerous and they need to be stopped. And it ended up uh, watching all 407 episodes. I have them on a hard drive. I've <sighs> gone through all of them, cut them up. And I found yes. out when I, then I decided to go to grad school after doing that for a couple of years. And then I found out when I was in grad school 
that it's considered a skill if you can watch really horrible media. And I would laugh every time, you know, I'd go, I go, yeah, I've I've watched like probably a couple thousand hours worth of extremist media and they'd go, and I'm like, what? And they're like, that's incredible. And I'm like, is it? And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't know. It is. (laughs) So you build up a tolerance and I, with Fox, which isn't nearly as bad as the Proud Boys craziness, because I was watching- the Gavin McInnes show, which is, he's the founder of the yeah. Proud Boys. Yeah. He's the one that put the group together. So yeah. I'm watching him say the N-word every other word and just horrible, horrible things coming out of his mouth. And that was so much worse than Fox. Fox yeah. is like frustrating, but it's it's actually quite easier. And I have, I think the key is to develop a sense of humor about them. Like I make fun of them like crazy. And yeah. so it helps me. Um it, I just have a dark sense of humor. And I, hello, I grew up in a, I went to Eureka High School. That's where my kids go to school. <laughs> it was very different when I went there. It was very different. Now it's kind of posh because the suburbs have kind of gotten to the point that they've gotten so far west in yep. St. Louis that now it's like a little bit nicer. When I went there, it was very not posh. <laughs> and um, it was, I was just surrounded by Republicans my whole life. So I was just sort of used to being the, like, my when I I mean I graduated many years ago, but I, I in my classes I had like there was maybe three other like liberals and my parents were union members, so yeah. I didn't really have a choice. You know, I was going to be a Democrat whether I wanted to or not. But and yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But like my parents were like hardcore union members, so yeah. it was like always that's when like we in, that's when we're in Auto Town. Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad was he's actually an auto mechanic. We worked for the gas company. I know. My it. mom was a teacher, so that's yeah. why they're both union, yeah. and they were very. Very proud union. And yeah. uh, it was just funny because I'd be in classes and there'd be like three of us surrounded by a bunch of people like, Reagan's awesome. How dare you, you loser. And I, you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, yay. So that was my existence. I was in Kirkwood um, then. So yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you just get used to it. You just sort of get used to the but whole thing. I, like, so, okay. I was just like, I was going to the military. So what did I know? You know, it's a, but a, thank a, you for your service. Oh, though. well, thank you. <laughs> I got, could never, that's something I could never do. So I, I, got like, a, uh, so I got a St. Louis. Uh, but here we are. So, well, you know what? This is yeah, a great yeah. place. Let's take a break for a minute. And uh, we got some incredible sponsors. We got our friends at Human and Roan. And then we'll come right back. If you're like me, you understand the pain of finding out what to wear each day. I mean, most clothes I have are uncomfortable, never actually size I really am, and not to mention how much time is wasted trying to find a good outfit. And when you do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours where you have to change for an important meeting or dinner, find a new outfit. Now, everyone wants to dress well at all times, because simply put, it's a confidence booster, even for men like me. Men's closets were due for a radical overhaul and reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man, and here's why. Rowan helps you get ready for any occasion with the Commuter Collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Rowan Commuter Collection. With gold fusion, anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Rowan is 100% machine washable, so you can just ditch it all in the dry cleaner or ditch the dry cleaner completely, put it all in your own washing machine yourself. You know, I'm obsessed with the Rowan Commuter Collection. We're on the move a lot, whether it's I'm catching a flight or I'm going to a meeting or whatever. The Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down so far. The Commuter Collection get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to head to roan.com slash Fred. Use promo code Fred to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Fred and use code Fred it's time for you to find your corner office of comfort. Check out our sponsor, Rona. I hope you'll buy some outfits today. 
heart health, and staying healthy, especially when you have family, friends, or loved ones that you want to be able to spend as much time with as possible, is so important. You know, February is Heart Health Month in the United States, and more than half the population would still benefit from blood pressure support. Super Beats Heart Choose, the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommend a way to support healthy blood pressure, and they even promote heart-healthy energy without the stimulants. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in Super Beats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 40,000 five-star reviews and counting, people are raving about Super Beats Heart Shoes. Super Beats Heart Shoes are absolutely delicious and are truly much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beats Hard Shoes each morning and it's really helped me kickstart my day. And after taking my Super Beats Hard Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats Hard Shoes support healthy circulation. So you not only get blood pressure support, you also get productive, heart-healthy energy without the crash. So support your heart health with Super Beats Hard Shoes. Get a free monthly supply of Super Beats Hard Shoes on all bundles and a free full-size bag of turmeric chews valued at $25 with your order by going to our spot, democracybeats.com. Get this exclusive offer only at democracybeats.com. That's democracybeats.com. Check it out. I swear by them. You know, something I bang on a lot, Juliet, is the, I call it the performative politics pipeline. And the performative politics pipeline is... A, a, a member of Congress says something stupidly outrageous or, or shitty on a, during a hearing, and then they're guaranteed a slot several hours later in Hannity or Ingram. I mean, yeah. Are you seeing? Do you see that pipeline? Am I making that up, or is that oh, yeah. like a no, real that's thing? Totally. What, well, it's it go, again. That one is it goes both ways. Um, okay. Somebody will say something outrageous on Fox. Yep. And then the, within uh, 24 hours, 48 hours, a congressperson or a senator is saying the exact same thing, sometimes yeah. verbatim. On Twitter or X, whatever I still call it, Twitter. Yeah, me too. Um, so you see that. And then you also see people who seem to, their entire career is just getting slots on Fox. Yeah. Um, that they, that's like they live to just be on Fox News. I, I, there's some people I wonder, James Comer, I wonder how he gets anything else done. Because he's on, he was the most frequent guest that of the shows that I watched last year. It's just James Comer, like constantly. Although he did get mad at uh, Steve Ducey again. Yeah, Steve Ducey yeah, he's mad now. He's going to OAN he, now. He's rebelling. He yeah, he won't go on. Um, he won't go on Fox and Friends anymore. But uh, <laughs> like he's on there a lot. Uh, one that we Matt Gates is probably the best example of somebody who says, well, and even then, okay, so Matt Gates, uh. They during the midterms they got mad at the the, the Matt Gates the uh, Bo Bird uh, types yeah and they would complain about them but then they would put them on air they'd be yeah. like well we can't have these people who are so extreme in our party and that's bad but oh we're going to talk to Lauren Boebert for nine minutes like what are you doing Jeez. you know and I keep track of how long everybody's on there so Matt Gates was a great example when he um you know helped kick you know McCarthy off the yeah. speakership yeah. You know, they were all freaking out and then they kept having him on. And Matt Gates, well, he was on camera. It's like, and you can send your money to mattgates.com. You know, like Jesus. he didn't even care. There's no line. And I'm going, what are you, you're creating your own beast. You don't even care. Like, you can't complain about these extremists in your party, which yeah. you can't give it lip service and then give these people all this airtime. It's yeah. like, 
What? A, I don't even. So, yeah, <laughs> well, it is. You know, I, I I ran a race against John Kennedy in Louisiana, and we used just <laughs> he was on every night. It's just Ooh. like a, just as a comedy. It, like his whole thing is this. And if you know Kennedy from you know uh, uh, you know from his past, he doesn't talk like that. He you know Kennedy. I know. Ken, no, the, the whole hard. the whole Kennedy thing is a persona. And he goes on there with those ridiculous, you know, I can't even come up with anything because they're so ridiculous. I thought he is crazy. I'm like, yeah, he's I'm crazy as a cowpoon alligator getting his tail bit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He like basically <laughs> writes down jokes, thinks about yeah. how he's going to say them. And then he he's another one that's like, he will just, you give him a microphone and he's like, ah, oh, yeah. just knock people over to get to the microphone yeah and then he's like well you see um even though i went to oxford <laughs> oxford and england, oxford. Which is, and i'm a very intelligent person i'm gonna <laughs> act like i don't barely know what i'm saying and it's like <laughs> it's so ridiculous he's a clown he's yeah. just like and they eat that shit up they eat it yeah up. they eat it and then there you i saw I made fun of her for this when Tulsi Gabbard, oh. it was a couple of years ago when she finally got the, they actually gave her like a chair on the yeah, five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally made fun of her and it was like dreams realized because <laughs> it was sort of like this thing we saw over time of her like oh, kind yeah. of going from the Democratic Party to like just full on Republican. Yeah. Although she's, she's, I guess, undecided or independent right now, but she's like, they have her on the five and they'll put her in the liberal chair and she'll just agree with, she'll actually be to the right of the other people on the panel. She's like, we need a wall. We need it now, you know, or, or whatever. She'll yeah. just say things that are outrageous. And I'm like, what? We need to ban trans people. And I'm like, what? You know, she'll just say, I, I'm not, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know exactly what sure. she said, but she, she trashes trans people on a regular basis and they have her like as a liberal. And I'm like, I sure. And she's sure. a serving, serving United States army Lieutenant Colonel in the army reserve. I, we speak. Yes. It's, she still is. Just, this is true. It's shocking to me every time I watch her on that news network and I'm shocked yeah. by the United States uh, army's failure to control or failure to act. Uh, and they, normally they, they know, don't let you do that. You no. can't really, I mean, when you're, you're active duty, you're not supposed to be talking about. Well, that's what she does. Anything. That's how she's clever. If she puts the uniform, she's careful, but she still does. And she's with the reservist. She's technically only when she's in the uniform and that really oh. is. Yeah. And it's, I'm just uh, it's it's bad. Uh, you know, we'll leave it at that. Um, you know, the last year the chairs have moved around a little bit on that Titanic, which is not the Titanic, I guess, it's still barreling along. And big, one of the biggest ones, of course, is Tucker Carlson, who's moved over to <laughs> X, right? Yeah, I know. I, I'm not sure if you follow him anymore. It, it seems like I mean, he was extreme before. I've heard you talk about that, but now the I mean, worst one. I mean, and now he's got such. I mean. <laughs> I mean, his guest this week was Cat Turd. I mean, yep. as a, he like flew him to the yep. studio. This fat, chonky guy from Florida whose fame is he's Cat Turd on Twitter was a serious guest on Tucker Carlson. I mean, as you, you've watched it for a couple of years. Is that arc yep. shocking to you or is it surprising at this point? Or, you know, what's your take well, on his, the defenestration his, of Tucker his Carlson? His chapter is not, his, his, not closed his yet. story is not finished yet yeah. because he's still technically, I believe it ends this month. I don't know the exact date, but he's still technically under contract with Fox. But basically oh. what happened is that's why he went on Twitter, because that was the only thing he could do. He couldn't right. go on other platforms because they could sue him. So he was still technically under um, Fox News's thumb a little bit. And so he he found a workaround by going on Twitter because Twitter didn't have like long videos when he signed his contract with Fox. Right. Twitter wasn't owned by Elon Musk. So he, mm. when he signed his last contract with Fox, so when he got fired, he still had about a year left on his contract or he'd walk away from like $25 million, something like that. Yeah. So he figured out, I'll just go on Twitter. 
which was bizarre. And everybody was like, yeah, that's a bad idea because he's going to watch like a four hour because he does these super long videos yeah. on Twitter. Um, but I, I knew he was going to go. I called him. I predicted that he would be Alex Jones 2.0, yeah. which he has totally become. Yeah. But we'll see. I Now, once he gets out 100 percent from the legalities the legal obligations he had with Fox News, yeah. who knows? He might try to do uh, something online. He might try to do something like subscriber-based, um, like Alex Jones or something. It's hard to know, but it it's it has been fun to watch his demise because he was incredibly influential when he was on Fox. You know, he had he got McCarthy to give him footage from January 6th. Right, right. He was affecting... Um, legislation in some ways he there's in Brian Stetler's book he basically flat out said he probably prevented a bombing at one point that Trump may have bombed I believe it was Syria yeah and he decided not to because Tucker Carlson was saying don't do it or Iran something like that but it was just going you know that's how influential he was at one point and now he's interviewing cat turd and i made fun of cat turd because cat turd is like seven million views which everybody knows the views on twitter are like we don't know what that means and i laughed and said dude i got 6.6 million on a fox clip like a clip i got like it's not what you think it it's not that seven million people sat there and watched your whole interview that's not how twitter works but the numbers are all inflated so we don't really know but Yeah. yeah he's Tucker's lost his mind and and he's all bitter and angry too now. And he like wants to like some of his recent tweets have been very alarming, like yeah. just, you know, burn it all down. And I'm like, oh, because he's I in my humble opinion, he's always been a white supremacist. And yeah. like that's gotten worse now that he doesn't. And we know. heard them say that we, you talked about the Proud Boys yeah. earlier. You know, they, they they've they've yeah. said that it, there was an arc. And I've had other guests talk about that. And I, I've been very fortunate to have some really interesting, you know, stu- people who study right wing politics and they talk about how it goes from the Proud Boys to Alex Jones to OAN to Newsmax to Fox and and Tucker was they looked for it to get to Tucker right and then when yeah. Tucker got there like victory you know we, we we've injected our ideas in the mainstream and uh and now he's not now the next person of course and Jesse Waters tried to take up the mantle is Jesse Waters has he I mean, a lot of people were nervous that it would just be 2.0, but I don't think Jesse really is Tucker 2.0. Is he? He's not as influential. He's not. And he's stupid. I mean, he's dumb. <laughs> he's dumb, he's right? Not, I mean, that's not it. As he's right. He's right. he's he's kind of um, the co- number one comment I get on him whenever I post anything about him is that he's dumb. People make fun of him, yeah. and it, he doesn't quite understand what he's talking about, and that's right. clear. Yeah. So he can't like Tucker. Uh, I always said this, Tucker was good at what he did. And that's why he was scary because he was very, very good at what he did. He right. knew how to manipulate his audience. Yeah. He knew how to heighten something. Tucker could do a 25 minute monologue, you know, with no break and keep his audience and do, just straight through this big, long stream of consciousness. And when I would uh, analyze him, he would be, it would be like four minutes, cut one minute, cut two minutes, cut. He would, his monologues were perfectly timed, hmm. perfectly timed for television. It was frightening. Like he would move to a topic and then it would be like not one minute and one second. It was one minute. I mean, that's yeah. Tucker because this is a man who's done this his entire freaking career. Yeah. He's very good at this. And Jesse Waters is like a bad copy of him where he's just like, I'm going to say something outrageous. <laughs> and then I'm going to do the waters cooler section at the end of my show where I just say, you know what? I like lamb. <laughs> I like to eat lamb meat. <laughs> good you should try he does he does his thing at the end but like water is cooler and he just he literally has said stuff like i like to eat lamb and i'm like 
<laughs> and then he, he he did a section where he said he, he he's I have a collection. I have a collection of file called Dumb, Jesse Waters Dumb, where he said he's like, I don't like to say self-checkout because you know it's hard. I can't that's a lot of work. I don't I don't get that. And then he he's openly admitted, like, I'm not very bright. I'm like, at least you know. At least, at you, least know. you know. Yeah, self awareness. You know, is a, it's a hell of a tool. Key, dude. Well, that half is super freaking creepy. I mean, you're the you're the one who caught. Oh, I realize you're the one that caught the intern story, the letting the air out of the interns, which is. Well, what, did she become his the, wife, or am I making that part up? I mean. Oh, uh, okay, okay. This is what happened. That okay, was, tell uh, me. Easter. It was Easter week. My I had a hard drive meltdown, completely break. <laughs> okay. And so I was very distracted that week, and I had captured that. And weirdly, because it was Easter week, like none of the other accounts that that capture Fox noticed that comment, which is I still don't know how that happened. Staggering. And I posted it almost a week later because yeah. I was like very distracted. I thought, you know, I should even post this kind of gossipy. I'm going to yeah. post it. Yeah. And then it blew up. It was the first thing I did that went viral at the time. I had like 2000 followers. It was like, yep. It blew up, and in basically in the clip, he he was joking, joking, joking. I got air quotes for those watching, those listening, where because <laughs> uh, it was like, is he joking? He never said he was joking. No, that he it, it, he was no. married at the time with two kids, which he left that out, but everybody knew it. And he had this. Uh, she was like a producer, which is a very low level position at Fox. And he claimed he or joked that he let the air out of her tires. So she'd be like, I need a ride home. And then he swooped in and drove her home. And then he said, works like a charm. And even as his co-hosts were like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he was laughing and he said, but we're married now. So it's OK. And I'm like, no, it's not OK. You're disgusting. And he was like 14 years years older than her which not that big of a deal but with all of the rest combined of like he was her superior at work he was married with two little kids yeah all of it was just so gross and so yeah that's his second wife i call her wife number two wife number three any day now you know you yeah. never know um a guy like that's probably not gonna stop it too yeah. probably might have you know i mean geraldo had five <laughs> it's whatever I, you know, don't, just don't moralize to people if yeah. you keep getting married, you know, but what I do, whatever you want, over there, but, but it's a thing over there. I think I swear it to is God, a thing I over there. There is a pattern with multiple, yeah. like Pete Hegseth is on wife number three and he's like 42 or also, something. also a producer, right? I mean, he, yeah, he seems to be... cheated on wife number two with wife number three who worked for him, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And now he's with wife and they have like a bazillion kids yeah. because it's like combined marriage. And I'm like, yeah. Whatever, dude. But well, I've known Pete for years because I, I he was a veterans advocate when he first started. He did he had CVA, which I didn't like, and uh, and he's in the hundred. We were in the hundred first airborne together, so we actually oh wow served. I didn't know him then, but oh. <laughs> you know, I mean that he's one. That's issues, another one. Man. He's, uh, he's got, got issues. some issues. He does with the women. He, he he knows it. He's at least said he, again. He has some self awareness. They asked him at one point, and he's like, I never want to get married again. And I'm like, well, that's good. You probably shouldn't because <laughs> probably and we should agree. Commit, you should probably commit to this marriage, yeah, buddy. How good of you. Yeah. Commit. You've got a lot of kids to feed. You should probably commit to this one. Do your best because, yeah, you've had a lot of divorces for somebody your age. Like, there's, I would, there, there's that, you know. I mean, I'm divorced. I don't, I'm not judging divorced people at all. Too. But, me like, too. when you've had three in your 40s, it's like, wow, that's a lot. With no breaks. I mean, they, they pick up the next one, you know, and they keep trading younger. It's. Just... I know people who do that. They overlap their relationships. And I'm like, yeah, it's nuts. It's just... <laughs> 
Yikes. Like they can't be single for any length of time. And I'm like the complete opposite that I'm like lone wolf. (laughs) (laughs) There you are. That's good to be an adult. Now on that note, the revel, there's a lone wolf there, you know, on the five, let's go to the five, you know, you're, which is, is this still like one of the most popular shows on there? It is. It's like number one. And we've done clips, Jessica Tarlov fighting the good battle. She's, you know, the left loves her. I mean, she. She's the hero. Yeah. Does she, is she, (laughs) is is she enough to, is, is Jessica's voice enough to break through the, I mean, is it a hopeless battle on that network? To break through, well, reality. I guess that's a larger question too. We can do two parts. Jessica, who's I just want to you know cheer her on for a moment, but also the next part, of course, is at what point does abject reality break through? So let's do Jessica on the five first. I think she's absolutely brilliant, and I think she the thing that she does very. She's I've watched her also get better at it. In yeah, the, I, that since I started. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, I've seen that she, too. She used to be a little bit more meek and she was always very nice. Mm -hmm. She gets along with them very well, which is that, that I could not do. I would, I've joked all the time. I've I'd last one day and they'd fire me because they'd go, shut up to Jesse Waters. I'd be like, could you just shut your mouth? Could you just just stop talking? You pompous eyebrow person. The eyebrows and hair. Like I would probably just snap at him and they'd be like, we And we Greg Gutfield. I mean it's, yeah, it's both a comp- of them. It's a competition for them. smarmy jerks, you know. So and they would be like, We gotta get rid of Jeski. But anyway, yeah. I I I I think Tarloff has gotten much, much better at asserting herself and getting out her points of view. And she's very organized and she'll just be like, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. She'll get her points out very clearly. And she has very good control to deal with them when they start yelling at her. Um, I don't you know, I think if somebody's watching Fox all the time, I, I kind of think they're lost a little yeah. bit. I don't know if you can get them back. Yeah. My goal is to get the people around them from not getting sucked in into sort of understanding these people better, because if you're going to pull somebody out of that, the best way to do it. And it's, it's, that's a whole other episode, but like, uh, from what I've read and, and talked to psychologists about, and I, I'm going to start working with um, a man that I interviewed about his book. He wants to do like a regular series where we hmm. break down the psychology of some of these clips. Yeah. Um, Cause he's like a psychology expert. He's a professor, but we, um, to get somebody kind of deprogrammed or de-radicalized, you almost have to be incredible. It's very difficult because you have to be very, very laid back and be like, oh, that's cool. So you really believe that? Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> How do you believe that? Why, why Why would you think that? You just have to be super chill with them. And they won't listen to facts. They won't listen to logic. But um, if you kind of make them realize that everything they're saying is nonsense a little bit, that it's kind of hinging on nothing, that can break them free. Or if you if you can get them to realize that they're just hateful all the time, they're angry all the time. Like if you get them to realize like watching Fox is making you matter, is making you more paranoid, is making you more upset, it's not making you happier. If you can get them to see that, that can kind of get them to break free mm. a little bit. Yeah. But you're not going to get them by going, you know, Trump's lying because they won't see that. Right. That helps people like us who yeah. aren't sucked in. And it helps people who might, be sort of like a fringe, like not fringe, somebody who's like um, on the edge. swing, somebody yeah, who's yeah. like a swing type voter, yeah. somebody who's like on the fence with Trump, which I can't imagine being that person, but At that person point. exists. And that if you show like Trump's lying, Trump's lying, Trump's lying, you can help keep somebody like that from going full Trump. But if they're full Trump, it's much, much harder to get them out. And like Tarloff won't do that. But Tarloff is good in that she does. She's the only person on that show um, who really offers a decent counter voice on the whole network that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, Juan Williams will have his moments, but he's usually not on the shows 
that I cover. Yeah. Um, he's more on the widget. The hard news he, stores, yeah. 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 Which aren't watched. So we're I, probably the last thing I'll ask you then is, you know, we're Trump's almost pretty much officially the nominee. Let's not even pretend otherwise. Uh, and all the usual suspects in the Republican Party are getting in line. Um, yeah. And it looks like, as we said at the top of the conversation, that Fox News is. So what do you expect from Fox? As you, I mean, you, you're, you're, you've braced yourself for a couple of years now. What, what are we going to see in these next few months and weeks as he locks it up and it's, um, even more less reality, I suppose? It's going to go full campaign Trump 2024. They're okay. not going to even... They're going to go full in uh, for the midterms. They were already doing that. They would show campaign ads. They would have people on and just praise them. Yeah. My favorite was uh, Sean Hannity would do town, town halls again in quotes yeah. where it'd just be one person. And he'd just be like, you're amazing. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about how amazing you are. And like Sean Hannity, the way he does his interviews too, is <laughs> he sort of encapsulates the entire network in terms of Trump, because when he interviews Trump, he'll be like, you had this policy, which was amazing. I can't really do his voice, but it'll be like, you have this policy, which was amazing. And it totally worked. And let me explain it to you. This is what you did. And this is how you did it. Talk about it. You know, it's just like, <laughs> like, I timed, I went through one of his interviews of Trump once and Hannity had questions that were two minutes long. Jesus. I'm just like, the question was two minutes. So you're like, how, What? You know, like he would just completely set him up and then like graze him and it like totally completely help him throughout. He did the same thing when he had Newsom debate um, yeah. DeSantis. Oh, he God. was helping DeSantis throughout the whole thing. Desperately. Just desperate, like throwing him bones like crazy. And yeah. you really mean this, don't you? Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, what? And that's what unfortunately Fox is going to do because they there's nobody who can beat him and they desperately want a Republican to win and. It's it's a very strange relationship because, you know, the network paid out, you know, eight hundred and seventy eight point five million dollars in a defamation suit. They're facing another one with Smartmatic, which could be even worse. Yeah. And they just double, triple down. They just can't. It's like this weird, terrible relationship that they can't quit because they know if they quit, they're going to lose their audience. So they can't. Yeah. And so even if the executives are like, this guy's nuts. Uh, and you know, now it's Lakeland Murdoch, not Rupert. Um, but even if, you know, the Murdoch family is like, this guy's nuts, they can't, they can't quit. So they're going to double down, triple down. And it's going to be, I keep joking already in my podcast, it's going to get a lot harder to watch this stupid network. Cause it's going to be like, I can't, I can't. Cause they're just going to lie. And yeah. like, Trump's amazed. Look at how everybody loves Trump. And I'm like, oh, no, no. As so, he's yeah. being carted off to jail finally. So, it, as, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. and, 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 and as he, he has cognitive decline, his whole oh, yeah. Nikki Haley in January 6th, he said Nikki Haley like four times. For a minute. Nikki it went on Haley, for a minute. Haley, no, it wasn't, it wasn't just one. He went on for a whole minute, you know? I know. And, and like he, he met Nancy Pelosi, but yeah. like, and then they brushed that off. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. But Biden, Biden, yeah. Biden did this, Biden did that. And I'm like, Wow! Did you see? Is... Did you see Harrison Faulkner correcting Sununu the other day? Sununu said, "Well, he's you know he's almost eighty. He's, no, he's seventy seven. He's like, okay. <laughs> Even he was like, <laughs> we can do math later. But <laughs> seventy seven or seventy eight is almost eighty. You know, it was just like, oh. And then he said something negative. He goes, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't say negative things. It's like, like yeah. coaching a guest to, to dare offend dear leader because she she was scared of the backlash if she allowed it to happen. I mean, you can see it." Yeah, it's so effing North Korean. Sometimes it's it's scary. It is. And 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 again, going to back, we started the hour, and I'll let you go. 
it, it is the Kaylee McEnany arc, okay, where Kaylee gently chided him or said something, got her ass handed to her via Truth Social, whatever. Next morning, she's, oh, he's virile and young and strong. How dare you yeah. say such a thing? It's, um, yeah. there is a feedback loop that they are listening to. And and again, yeah. I think it goes to, do you think it's like, and oh, shit, I said I was going to be done, but I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think a lot about Republicans that we hear Republicans are afraid of their voters. They're afraid yeah. of the MAGA. I mean, do you think that's a lot of ways what it is, isn't it? It's a, in many yeah. ways, Fox is afraid of their own audience in a certain sense. Would you say? I think we saw evidence of that in the the legal briefs that got released yeah. during the Dominion yeah. lawsuit. They they flat out said they were scared of them. Like mm. they were terrified that they were going to go to one American News Network or Newsmax or something online. You know, they they were terrified they were going to lose their viewers, and they can't do that. They cannot. Uh, they need to make the money. They need to be number one in the ratings, no matter what. And if that means they're going to push a story they know isn't true, which that's what the Dominion legal briefs showed that they, and it also showed that weirdly enough, Tucker Carlson didn't like uh, Trump, which I kind of suspected that the whole time. I saw, I saw glimmers of that the whole time that Tucker, not a huge, wasn't at least a huge fan of Trump, called him a demonic force and, and such. But you saw that, that Fox was just, desperate to hold on to their market share and their audience. And they said, you know, we got to make the audience happy, literally using phrases like that. So yeah, they're scared of them. It's very strange because if you had, I I just said this last week, if you had um, Ansley went on a monologue where she basically just praised this glowing praise of Trump and, you know, the country's on the brink if we don't get Trump back, yada, yada, yada. And I thought if somebody said that on the Today Show about Biden, they'd be fired. They'd be yeah. fired immediately. I mean, they, they, and, and the right would lose their minds. And the right would, and the lose, right their would lose their minds. They'd show it right. on a clip and they'd be like, look at this. Look, look at, at this. this. But they do it They're all the, the time. Tank. They do it. Yeah. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. So it's just like they mm-hmm. they have these rules and it's like it's like dealing with a narcissist, Fox News. You know, you can't, you're never going to be right. They're always a victim. They're always, you know, it's just like ah, the gaslight constantly. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I was I was married to a narcissist, so I, I don't care. I'll say that. So maybe that's why I'm. It's a used lot to coming it. out on this show, folks. <laughs> I'm very open about my my divorce. I've written about it. I've written about it. So I don't All right, care. We're good. We're good. Could tell you were a comedian the day. <laughs> well, with that, I think I will let you go. Um, uh, so tell people where they can find you, and we're, we'll put it up on screen for those who are viewing. Where do they find uh, I'm, Decoding Fox? I'm on um, Decoding Fox News. It's Substacks, and, and I am crowd source. So my funding comes from subscribers and subscribers only so that's how you one way you could help support the project i'm also on twitter um threads instagram tiktok all for decoding fox news and then on youtube and facebook it's my name juliet jesky because those accounts were like made a long time before decoding fox news ever existed so that's it that's where you can find me all over the place Find her, folks. Pay for her Substack. That's uh, you got to support good journalism. <laughs> it's worth it, I assure you. And uh, man, I really appreciate your time, Tejo. I know you've been busy with the New Hampshire primaries this week. Yeah, I'll be else, so. going right back to work. <laughs> All right, get on it. Back to work. Get some sleep. Thanks so much. Thank Thanks you. So good much. talking to you. <laughs> what a, uh, that was a lot more fun than I expected. It. That was a great time, and uh, I'm glad Julia was able to have have some fun too and talk about a serious topic, but have a good talk about it. You know. One of my goals of this show is not to just be a talking head. You know, I I, I don't want to be part of the, the the anger system, if you will, right? The get you angry and then click and make you click more. You know, I want you to get in the fight with us. I want you to call your local campaign and volunteer. I want you to phone bank for a campaign or a cause you believe in and you love. We need you to run for office. I need you to love and fight for this democracy. And I was prepping for the show. 
I found this amazing clip on TikTok of, of I want to forgive my name if I screwed up, Sophia Angala, who created a unique tool to fight a ridiculous fascist-like move by Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin a couple of years ago. And, and she did a little TED talk about this. And well, watch this clip. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin created a tip line to report critical race theory being taught in schools. I had a problem with that. So <laughs> I wanted there to be an easy, fun, community-oriented way to get this tip line taken down as soon as possible. I coded a tool that allowed people to send song lyrics and lines from the B movie to the tip line. Essentially, it takes the name of a real school, a real city in Virginia, and spits out a very ridiculous report. For example, I have reason to believe Thomas Jefferson High School is teaching race. I overheard a teacher saying, shoddy had them at their bottom jeans. It's Silly, it's goofy, it's just as unserious as the creation of a teacher reporting tip line itself, which is exactly what draws people to this kind of action. Democracy is just more fun and inviting when you take it into your own hands. After I finished the website, I sent it to my friends at Gen Z for Change. We all posted videos. Thousands of emails were sent from every state in the country and virtually every continent. And we had emails bouncing within 48 hours. Months later, the tip line was quietly officially shut down. Didn't even last a year. Because of the skills of a few, the platforms of many, and the will of hundreds of thousands of meddling kids, unified in our intolerance of injustice, we were far more powerful than a couple people in official positions of power. The stability of democracy internationally requires that we use whatever skills and resources we have to combat hate, bring movements to life, and stand united in solidarity with one another on every corner of the globe. Justice can't wait. So take what's in front of you, get really creative, and cause a ruckus. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know, it, it, and what I love what she says, the meddling kids getting involved. She saw something that was anti-democratic and ridiculous, and she used her skills to do some coding and figure out how to build a website to make it, you know, make it go away, and it worked. And then that's what I love. That is, that's democracy. That's our democracy, at least. Our crazy constitutional republic democracy where anybody with skills can get involved with the right, right, you know, way. And so I leave you with that last one. I don't usually do so many clips in a show, but I just found her talk so fascinating and so inspiring and so funny. Um, the ability of Gen Z especially to, to meddle with things, uh, you know, those darn kids. Uh, and so um, I leave you with that, to be inspired to participate in the democracy. Because look, you guys know you hear me, we're winning. And, and Biden showed it again this week. Trump is str struggling. But look, it's not going to happen if we don't make it happen. We can't sit back. We cannot assume anything right now. The forces of the anti-democracy movement are so strong that the only way we can fight is to fight and to step up. You know, wars aren't won by polls, okay? You actually have to fight. So I, I'm I'm imploring you to do, and I love you watching the show and I love you sharing the show. I love you seeing comments and I really do appreciate it. Sometimes it gets crazy. I think we had three or 4,000 comments this week. It's crazy. Um, get involved. You can do it. We can win this fight, but we're kind of going to have to do it not sitting in our chairs at our desk. We're going to have to get in the fight. So with that, you can always find me as always at FP Wellman. I'm still on X. You can find us, uh, find this show if you want to get it early on the On Democracy podcast on YouTube. I'd love you to subscribe. Get a ton of views there now. And of course, as always, we're here every week Friday night on the Myest Touch Network. Thank you for being a part of the fight. Thank you for your incredible support. Find us on Substack, wherever you can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We will see you next week. <laughs>